And uh, we're going to believe for great things to happen in their lives. Galatians chapter 6, verses 1 through 6. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, as we take time right now to read from your holy word, Father, we count it a privilege and an honor, Lord, to be able to read from your Bible. We pray right now, God, that you would bless the reading of your word, anointed, Lord, by the power of your Holy Spirit. And once again, I ask you for help for myself, Lord, that you will help me, Father, to communicate your word effectively, Lord God. Help it, help it to make sense, Lord, and help me to use the right words that will be able to minister to those that are listening, whether here presently or online or even in the future for those that watch it later on, Lord. Bless your word here tonight. Give us ears to hear. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen. Very good. Galatians chapter 6, verses 1 through 6. The Bible says this. Brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, Restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks himself to be something, when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one examine his own work, and then he will have rejoicing in himself alone, and not in another. For each one shall bear his own load." Let him who is taught the word share in all good things with those, with him who teaches. So let's do a quick review of what we learned last week. In verse 4, the Holy Spirit is telling us to get our eyes off of everyone else and what you think they may be doing, and instead focus on ourselves and our own life and our own motives and our own intentions and our own hearts. In other words, avoid being critical of others or comparing yourself to others. Avoid judging others, and instead we need to look within and put ourselves in check. How many of you would agree that it's wise for us to repent every single day? Can you say amen, church? Because we blow it every single day, church. Every single one of us, from the back of the church to the front of the church, starting with the preacher, we blow it every day. And that's why it's important. You know what? Don't be tripping on anybody else and what they're doing. You just... Keep yourself in check and go before the Lord daily and humble yourself, repent, and make sure that we're in right standing with our God. Self-examination is very, very important for the Christian. So important that God reminds us to do this on a regular basis every time we have communion. As a matter of fact, we're going to have communion this Sunday morning coming up. And uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 28 says this. 26 through 28 says this, For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. We also shared a couple other scriptures that pointed out the importance of self-examination. Lamentations chapter 3 verse 40 says this, let us search out and examine our ways and turn back to the Lord. First Thessalonians chapter 4 verse 11 says this, that you also aspire to lead a quiet life, to mind your own business and to work with your own hands as we 
commanded you. And we also looked at verse 5 in Galatians chapter 6, verse 5 last week. And it says this, for each one shall bear his own load. We learned that in the end, each of us will have to take responsibility for our own life and actions and our own choices. We can try our best to help and to encourage and to support and to resource and lift someone up. But if they refuse to honor what the word of God tells us, then there's really nothing else that we can do. Did everyone hear what I just said? I mean, all we can do is encourage them in the word of the Lord. Now, I have seen God do some amazing things in, in people's lives when they were in trouble or when they were in danger or when they were in a scary, difficult and dark uh, place and what felt like a hopeless uh, situation. And they cried out to God. They cried out to the Lord for help, and amazingly, God came to their rescue. I've seen it time and time again. Psalm chapter 18, verses 4 through 6 says this, The pangs of death surrounded me, and the floods of ungodliness made me afraid. The sorrows of Sheol surrounded me. The snares of death confronted me. In my distress... I called upon the Lord, and I cried out to my God. He heard my voice from his temple, and my cry came before him, even to his ears. Listen, your voice is unique. Your voice is special. And when you cry out to God, he's going to hear you. He is going to hear you. Psalm 40, verses 1 through 4, to the chief musician, a psalm of David. I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined to me. He heard my cry. He also brought me up out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock and established my steps. Church, let's not forget what God has done for us, what he took us out of. Let's never forget that. Verse 3, he has put a new song in my mouth. Praise to our God. Many will see it and fear and will trust in the Lord. Blessed is that man who makes the Lord his trust and does not respect the proud nor such as turn aside to lies. And I mentioned last week that you would think, that they would be fully dedicated to serving and following Jesus and supporting the church after being dramatically rescued by God. And many do commit themselves to serving uh, God after experiencing the delivering power, the mercy, and the grace of God. Like the, the family of Giovanni who gave testimony a couple of weeks ago. I mean, you know, they weren't really even living for God or, or serving the Lord. But then God did a powerful work in their lives. And you know what? They've been in church ever since because they appreciate what God has done for them and how he rescued them. That would be a normal response. But it always shocks me when I see how many go back to doing their own thing and go back to doing the very thing that got them into trouble in the first place. It boggles my mind. I also mentioned last week the challenges that many pastors and ministry leaders face when doing their best to help or to support or to resource or to partner with people to help those who are hurting or in trouble. But again, it is so shocking to see how quickly people can turn on you and instead of appreciating the hard work and care that you give them, they end up becoming so mean and 
vindictive. A simpler way of saying it is that we can only do so much for a person and do our best to lead them to the Lord or in the ways of Christ. And in the end, they have to learn to carry their own load. We all individually have to trust the Lord on our own. We're either going to trust Him or we're not, church. And if they choose to cling to Christ, they will be successful. That's our prayer. Now let's look at uh, our verse for tonight, Galatians chapter 6, verse 6. It says this, Let him who is taught the word share in all good things with him who teaches. Now, verse 6 is a little bit challenging and awkward for me uh, or anyone in this position of the church that teaches the word of God. It's kind of awkward because it's basically saying that we need to be to be good to those who teach the word of God. So church, you need to be good to me. I want you to know that. Okay. You need to share your lunch with me once in a while. It's kind of awkward for me to say that, but that's what it's saying. (laughs) So it's encouraging the people of God to bless those who teach the word of God, to be a blessing to them and to bless them. Now, again, uh, this is challenging because I just told you that very often the opposite occurs. Listen, most of you do not know what Julie and I go through as pastors of the church. You don't hear the criticism. You don't hear the complaints. You don't hear the, 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 the griping and the, and the people getting upset about this or getting upset about that or, or coming against. You, you don't hear any. We filter all that out. You think it's all peaches and cream up here. But believe me, believe me, it does help when once in a while says, hey, Pastor Jerry or Julie, We appreciate what you're doing because so many people are so quick not to say those words to us. You guys understand what I'm saying, okay? I don't want to get too deep into that, but it does help. It is encouraging to hear those encouraging words from time because people do get mad at Pastor Jerry because he doesn't tell them what they want to hear. Instead, he tells them to humble themselves and to die to themselves and to choose to submit themselves to the law of love and the instructions found in the Word of God. You would think that people would say, thank you, Pastor Jerry, for ripping me to shreds and setting me straight with the truth of the Word of God. But no, they get mad at Pastor Jerry and criticize him and say mean things behind his back because he tells them what the Bible says and they don't want to hear what the Bible says. But you see, instead of hating on Pastor Jerry and turning your back on him, you should be loving Pastor Jerry and supporting Pastor Jerry, okay? Even if he tells you things that you don't want to hear. But if it's the truth, You need to be thankful for the truth. You guys understand what I'm saying? Listen, I have to read and live by the same word that you do. None of us are exempt, okay? None of us get a free ride. But this is not just directed towards the pastor of the church. It's directed to anyone that has been given the privilege, 
the honor by our God to teach his word and to educate his people. We're talking about Sunday school teachers, children's church teachers, youth leaders, men's Bible study leaders, women's Bible study leaders, young adult leaders, missionettes and royal rangers, seniors ministry, marriage ministry. This is specifically pointed to or singling out those who teach the word of God in any capacity. Listen, I remember when uh, Jamie was in uh, school, Faith Baptist School. She went there uh, all her elementary and middle and senior year. And man, you know, for me personally, the most important people in her life were myself and Julie as her parents and her teachers. I mean, I made sure that those teachers knew that I appreciated them because she spent more time with those teachers than she did with me, okay? So I let them know that I really appreciated what they were, the influence that they had on our daughter. Right now, Jamie is doing a great job teaching our kids the Bible in vacation Bible school, and she has uh, a great team helping her and supporting her in doing this. Some of you are here tonight, and God's going to bless you for that. Now, what I like about it is that right at 10 o'clock, it starts at 10 o'clock, and what I like about it is the first thing that she does right off the bat in the very beginning of the day, she gets them all together, all the kids, she gets them all together, and she teaches them the word of God not forget about the fun forget about the activities forget about the plan for the day the first thing is she honors the Lord by gathering all these kids and she teaches them the word of God then has them do the Bible reading teaching them to the children how many of you know that's important can you say amen some of these kids don't get this at home they don't get this in their schools they don't get it from anywhere and they're coming in they've never even read the Bible or touched the Bible or gone to church, and here they are getting fed the Word of God, having the children go up in front of the class and reciting the lessons learned. Uh, then we have the crafts for the kids. Then we have time of worship and praise. And man, you need to see these kids worship and praise God. It's beautiful to see them worshiping and praising God. And this Friday, you're going to see a beautiful presentation by the children that attended VBS. It's a real blessing to see all this take place. And and I want to encourage you, okay, to do what this verse is saying. Come on Friday night and support what's going on. And the kids seeing you out there, Jamie seeing you out there, the team that has been working so hard seeing you participating, they're going to be blessed. And you're actually following the instructions given to us in the Word of God because you're honoring those that are teaching the Word of God, especially to our kids. Does everyone understand what I'm saying? Okay. Listen, again, I have to speak as a parent. If I, as a parent, saw how much time uh, someone like Jamie or her team was spending with my child, I would for sure let them know that I appreciate them. Okay? Uh, that's just from my heart. As a youth pastor, as a youth pastor, if I was a parent and I saw a youth pastor of a church spending as much time with my kids as I see the youth leaders of our church spending with your kids, man, I would say thank you. Thank you so much for being willing to pick up my kid and to drive my kid around and to take them out to get a hamburger and to take them out to concerts. Thank you for loving my kid that much. But man, it does hurt. It does hurt when instead of thank you, 
Why'd you bring him home so late? I don't understand. You do that, no, no, and I don't like this. And I don't, man, you hear all these complaints. You would think, man, I'm over here taking good care of your kid, loving your kid, and you're over here beating me up for it. What's up with that? It does hurt. That's why we need to encourage those who are in ministry trying to give life to the people of God. Can you say amen, church? Are you guys understanding what I'm saying here? Okay? So the Bible is encouraging the body of Christ to encourage those who are involved with teaching the word of God, especially to our children. This is important because sadly, we in leadership tend to get criticized a lot. So encouragement is important. And remember, we have the devil The devil's always after us. He's always trying to knock us out, always trying to take us out. So not only, I mean, we can understand attacks from the devil, but when we get it from the people of God, that's a whole other situation that should not be happening. Other scriptures that emphasize encouraging those who teach the word of God. First Timothy chapter five, verse 17. Let the elders who rule well be counted worthy of double honor, especially those who labor in the word and doctrine. First Thessalonians chapter 5 verses 12 and 13. And we urge you brethren to recognize those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you and to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake. Be at peace among yourselves. Hebrews 13 7 says this. Remember those who rule over you who have spoken the word of God to you whose faith Follow, considering the outcome of their conduct. Let's move on to the next verse. Galatians chapter 6, verses 7 and 8. And it says this. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, he will also reap. For For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. Now there are certain verses of scripture in the Bible that are very scary to me. And this is one of them. It's a warning. It's warning us that sin has a very, has a very uh, sneaky way of deceiving us into thinking that we can somehow get away with committing acts of evil, and that somehow, some way, God doesn't see it. Making us think that we won't get caught. Making us think that we won't be held accountable. All we have to do is visit a local jail, or a local prison, or a penitentiary, or a juvenile hall. Believe me, Every single one of those that are actually guilty of committing crimes. I know that there's some people in there that are innocent. I realize that. There's a small percentage of people in prison that shouldn't be in prison. It's a very sad reality, okay? But the majority of people that are in there are guilty. And I can guarantee you this. If I were to interview them, they would, 100% of them would say to me, would say to me, I didn't think that I would get caught. I thought I was going to get away with it. I didn't leave any fingerprints. I didn't leave any footprints. I didn't leave any of my hair. I didn't leave any of my spit. I didn't leave any of my urine. I didn't leave any of my blood. I don't know how they did it, but they busted me. 
They thought they could get away with it. 100% of them, but they got caught. Are you guys understanding what I'm saying? They deceived themselves into thinking that they could get away with not getting caught. Another scripture that is scary to me is Numbers chapter 32, verse 23. It says this, but if you do not do so, then take note. Then take note. You have sinned against the Lord. And be sure your sin will find you out. Pastor Jerry, you better make sure that you repent because if you don't and you keep doing what you're doing, if you don't get your act straightened out, if you don't put yourself in check, if you don't repent and get away from that stuff, you're, you're, you're going to get busted, Pastor Jerry. That scares me. Maybe you don't get scared. Maybe you want to challenge God. That's up to you. But I don't want to go down that road. I want to be right with my God. And I hope that you want to be right with your God. Amen? This is another scripture that is scary to me and warning me not to play games with God, not to try and fool God, not to push or take advantage of the mercy and grace of God. That's why in our text for tonight found in Galatians chapter 6 verse 7 it says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Listen, if somebody's going to be made a fool, it's not going to be God. It's going to be you and me for trying to play games with our Lord. Other scriptures that warn us about letting ourselves be deceived by sin's influence. First Corinthians chapter six, verses nine through 11. Now, as I say this, it doesn't mean that pastor Jerry doesn't get tempted. I get tempted every single day with a lot of different situations in a lot of different ways. But I have to ask myself, is it worth it? Is it worth it? And the fear of God is what keeps me in check. And I'm encouraging you to let the fear of God keep you in check because no one gets away with anything when it comes to the Lord. First Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9 through 11, it says this, Do you not know? That the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God. And then it says this. Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, but you were washed, but you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the spirit of our God. How many of you are glad that you are forgiven here this morning, this evening? Can you say amen? But I also want to say this. If you or I are involved with any of these kinds of activities, the Bible says, don't let yourself be deceived. If you keep going down that path, you're not going to go to heaven, my friend. Don't take that risk. Don't play Russian roulette with your own soul and with your own salvation. It's not worth it. First Corinthians 15, 33. Do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. Who do you hang out with? Who do you hang out with? What are they into? What kind of lifestyle are they into? You and I, we got to be careful who we, does that mean that we have to stay? No, we have to minister to those that are in sin. We have to be in the world, work in the world, be active in the world, have relationships in the world. But man, don't be hanging out with them when they're starting to do things that you know are not right. 
It says, evil company corrupts good habits. James chapter 1, verses 14 through 16. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Now, let me just ask this question, and all of us should raise our hands right now. How many of you have desires and passions? I'm going to be the first one to raise our hand, my hand, okay? All of us do. We all have desires. We all have passions, okay? But we can't let them control us. We have to allow the Spirit of God to control us. It says this, but each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own and own desires and enticed. Then, when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Second Corinthians 11.3 says this, But I fear lest somehow, as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness. Listen, the enemy is sly. He knows what he is doing. He knows our weak points. He knows where we are vulnerable. All of us have weak points. All of us have blind spots. All of us have uh, vulnerabilities. Each and every one of us do. And he knows them and he studies us and he understands those things that are part of our lives that, that we're vulnerable to. And we have to trust the Lord. But I fear lest somehow as a serpent, serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. Revelation chapter 20, verses 7 through 10 says this. Now, when the thousand years have expired, Satan will be released from his prison and will go out to deceive the nations. That's part of his work description. He is a deceiver. Deceive the nations which are in the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle whose number is as the sand of the sea. They went up on the breadth of the earth and surrounded the camp of the saints and the beloved city, and fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. The devil who deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are, and they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. A couple more scriptures and then we're going to close. Titus 3, verses 1 through 3 says this. Remind them to be subject to rulers and authorities, to obey, to be ready for every good work, to speak evil of no one, to be peaceable, gentle, showing all humility to all men. For we ourselves were also once foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving various lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. Luke 21, 8, and he said, take heed that you do not be deceived, for many will come in my name saying, I am he, and the time has drawn near, therefore do not go after them. So church, let's be wise and heed these warnings by the Holy Spirit in Galatians chapter 6, verse 7 and 8. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked for whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. Let's invest our lives in the things of God. What you're doing here tonight is a beautiful thing. You're in church. Those of you tuning in on the, um, um, what do we call this? Social media? Live stream. You're doing the wise thing. You're investing in Life, listening to life, being guided with life and light. That's the best thing we can do, church, to stay in fellowship with the Lord. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus.
We do pray right now, God, that you will help us. Help us, Lord God, to honor you with our lives, with our bodies, with our minds, Lord God. You are the one that searches the heart. And we thank you, Lord Jesus, that you know the intentions of the heart. And I pray for each and every one here tonight, Lord. I want to pray specifically for those that perhaps do not know you as Lord and Savior. If you're here tonight, or those of you that are listening online, if if you're listening and you say, Jerry, I am not a Christian. I have never surrendered my life to Jesus. And I want to do that here tonight. I want you to repeat this prayer of repentance. It's a prayer of surrender and repentance to God. Just follow me in this prayer. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I recognize that I am a sinner. I've blown it. I've messed up. But Lord, I also realize that you, Jesus, died on the cross for me. And tonight, I receive the free gift of salvation that you offer to all mankind. Tonight, Lord, I receive this gift. And I say thank you. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Let's give glory to God. Amen, church. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Those of you that have any personal needs here tonight, you feel free to come up to the altar and we'll pray with you. God bless you. You're all dismissed. Thank you so much for being in church here tonight. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus.